0: Hello. Ah, hello. I got two free smartphones when I switched to MetroPCS. One for him and one for me. Uh, it's not for you. It's for people like me.
1: And parents.
2: Ah.
0: I knew I should have gotten a dog.
1: Get two free Samsung Galaxy J3 Prime smartphones when you switch two lines to MetroPCS and enjoy a 4G LTE network that's more reliable than ever before. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Exclusive numbers on the T-Mobile network are active on MetroPCS in past 90 days. See store for details, terms, and conditions. and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures, and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away.
3: We are here, sort of in between not being here and here, We're the liminal space between. Uh, we are pre-recording today, so it is,
4: it is not a live broadcast, <laughs> although it will broadcast at our normal time at Friday on Friday at 6 p.m. Exactly. But tomorrow at 6 p.m., Elvira and I will be deep in the magic and mystery of the Hoodoo Heritage Festival and helping things get set up and helping beautiful Hoodoo practitioners arrive and get acquainted with Lucky Mojo in Forestville, California. So Truly. We, so today we are in between the worlds, coming to you live
3: on Friday, and yet it is not
4: Friday.
3: See, we're magical. Ooh. We are definitely magical. Yeah. So, um, obviously our question of every beginning is, what was it that our world was like the week before? Mm-hmm. So, how was your week before?
4: Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree with that. You know, it's a it's a Scorpio full moon this week, which I think was officially yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am, um, you know, for those of you who are sensitive to TMI, consider yourself warned, I'm having a very heavy menstrual cycle. So I'm bleeding very heavily, and it's a Scorpio full moon. And so I'm just feeling sensitive and kind of melancholy and kind of meh. So you know, I'm working with all of that and Mm-mm. understanding. I'm blaming it on the full moon, and, okay, and the potentially interesting flow of hormones that my body might be experiencing because of my menstrual cycle. But I'm basically kind of meh,
3: meh, nah. meh. I think I had it pre pre week. That was last week. Yeah. Um, we did a uh, a rebroadcast because basically. I was not in the best of spaces. Life was not happening well.
2: Yeah.
3: And I just, you know, fell into the I cannot go anywhere, do anything, hide, and didn't feel good. So it was kind of a, I will tell you, know, my, my training, my theater training is we will, you know, the show must go on. And I got to, like, just before, and my everything went, like, screaming No, because I spend my time talking to my clients about being with the flow, you know, and doing things accordingly. And I was so totally going against everything that I tell people to do by toughing it out and going in. Of course, we do this for our job and we do this for different things as parents and all. But here I was and I looked at this and I go, there's a hypocrisy here I can not work with. Yeah. So I, I let it go and, and kind of went into that. But Self-care is important. Self-care becomes important no matter what it is mm-hmm. and uh, where it is. So that was important. And then this week has been the full moon has brought out some interesting things, both yeah. in personal environments like, you know, family, friends, work environment,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and clients mm-hmm. and um I don't know, uh, by the middle of the week, I was very, uh, you know, I need to take my broomstick and fly a little bit. <laughs> it was weird, it was really weird. And people are are definitely, with a Scorpio full moon, I can only say that people really wanted to curse everything in, in sight.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, go after everybody, do everything, cut them down to size. And I'm not saying that just with people of client base, just in general. Yeah. You know. Had a very interesting thing. Um, then we'll get into our our uh, subject. Uh last week my air conditioning decided, I mean this is a nineteen ninety seven Geo Prism, which is actually a Toyota Corolla, decided it finally just needed some PLC. It stopped really working. So I go into my mechanic who has been absolutely super great and wonderful with this And so they go and they tell me, well, we're going to need this for a day because we have to go through all of this because, like most things, it doesn't have, because it's so old, it doesn't have any books online or anything to show where the filters are. So they thought that it might be the filters, but they have to tear it apart. Mm. So I said, okay, fine. So I talked to a friend of mine who's an Uber driver. and he had time. He was going to drive me to work. We dropped the car off and drove me to work and picked me up and went back to find out that half of the problem was solved and that the remaining half will have to be next week. In the meantime, I was very sensitive to, obviously, Uber drivers. (laughs) And on our news locally, we had an Uber driver who was 26 who came and obviously on Monday ran through a was driving at high speeds, was under... He wasn't with anyone, thank goodness, but basically he wound up smashing through the front windows of a pet store oh. Um. locally here in Santa Rosa. No animals were hurt. Nothing happened like that. Even his car wasn't damaged. Wow. That was interesting. So he gets, you know, his ticket and all that stuff, and that was Monday. I come home from work on Wednesday... And it's backed up in the area I have, and it's like four blocks backed up up a hill. And I'm trying to figure out why. And so I finally get to an area where they're now diverting us down a back street, one-way street, you know, like single-file street. And I can see that this whole block is basically blocked off in front of a shopping center. And I'm thinking, well, great. All right. Yeah. The next day I get an look at my newspaper because I'm old fashioned and I actually still have a newspaper my I get newspaper. a newspaper. <sighs> and what it was was this same Uber driver, Uh-oh. who basically ran into two-part cars, totaled his car, went to the hospital with some injuries, and I'm sitting here thinking, now I'm going to be using Uber. <laughs> My friend is much better, and he's very, very reliable. but I was like, that guy's not going to uber drive Uh-oh. anymore and it was weird because it was so local because both right. these places are literally within as they say a accident within five miles of right. your right. home. This was the case, and I was just it was weird, it was a weird, so full moon was really yeah. out, yeah with all of those weird coincidences. Absolutely. Yes. hmm So Uber drivers are good. Just <laughs> just that one. Not that one. <laughs> okay. Now on that note we will now throw ourselves mm. into <gasps> Animal, Animal Allies. Allies. Yay. Mm. Okay. So um I think we should start with our rant. I think it's a good idea. Okay. All right. So uh for those of you
4: who listened before Myself, Phoenix has a tendency <laughs> to go on rants and go on soapboxes. It's what I do. Uh, so I will rein this in a little bit. But we wanted this is a we're talking about animal allies and how to work with animals from a magical perspective and how to develop relationship with animals, both as a familiar mm-hmm. and as what we might think of as a spirit animal or a totem animal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this archetypical. Animal, Mm -hmm. right, okay. However, Elvira and I, as we talked about all of this, wanted to be very clear, cautious, and delicate in the language because spirit animal and totem are culturally appropriative. And it is important that we acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. Neither of us are Native American, uh, and those terms tend to be uh, they, they find their origin in Native American traditions uh-huh. and systems and faith. Uh-huh. So we want to encourage folks th- to not use those two terms, right? right? Unless you are studying in a Native American dr- tradition or you are Native American or you are part of a group uh-huh. where you've been invited to participate right. and being, you are know, being trained by someone in a Native American faith who is Native, right? Um, totem it's a very specific lineage. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very specific language. It is a very specific tradition. Spirit animal, although has become really watered down in mm-hmm. modern culture because we, you know, we think we know what we're talking about. It's a spirit animal. It's a thing. But the root of it does come from Native American tradition. So what we would like to encourage people to use instead is an animal ally because that allows for you to dig into the magic and mystery uh-huh. and depths of working with animals because it is a beautiful culture. It is a beautiful system of magic. It is a, it is really uh-huh. uh, deep and gratifying to work with animal spirits. Uh-huh. But we also want to make sure we're being clear that this is not Native American. Uh-huh although there may be some threads and whispers of Native American traditions in here because a lot of what we have in modern paganism is around animal work right? is flavored by Native American systems. Like, we can't deny that. Of course. But being clear that we don't want to be culturally appropriative, we are not attempting to tell you how to – use this practice based off of native beliefs.
2: So
4: animal allies is what we're talking about today. We're not talking about totems. We're not talking about spirit animals. We're not talking about medicine journeys where you go with your shaman and blah, blah, blah. We're not talking about any of that. Mm
3: -hmm. But it is influenced and flavored by some of those concepts. And we may mention aspects because, like anything else, We are in another country where we live now as the United States of America, and we are part of integrating. Yes. Uh, If we were back in Scotland, Ireland, Sweden, Norway, wherever our main uh, roots come from, then it would be a different matter. Right. But just because we are here, it means that we, I feel, we Mm -hmm. honor the process of saying... This is part of what is here. We're not saying we know blah, 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 blah. Right. And we need
4: to also acknowledge that when we are working, because we are in the United States, uh-huh. when we are working with systems that involve animals from this continent, from uh-huh. the United States, from California, uh-huh. right, where we are we are, the the systems, the traditions, the beliefs about these animals are coming from native systems. Exactly. Right? Like I've had at the shop I've had several people recently actually come in and ask about owls and what does it mean mm-hmm. when an owl shows up and and I'm really interested and attracted to owls. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And, and here's the difficult part. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Right? And in, in, if you look at this system here, right? You know, if you point to the globe and Mm -hmm. point here, an owl is a symbol of wisdom and uh, knowledge and understanding. If you point to the globe here in this other part of the world, an owl is a harbinger of death and is actually very taboo and scary and you don't want owl medicine. If you point this part of the world, an owl is a so that who can see in the dark, who can see through mm-hmm. the blindness, who mm-hmm. can see without seeing, right? Right. So we have all of these different beliefs about what owl energy might mean. Mm-hmm. And so I can't tell you what it means when an owl shows up. That's something you have to discern for yourself. Exactly. So we're going to talk about the overarching concepts around animal allyship, how to work with animals, how to connect mm-hmm. to animals. hmm spiritually, metaphysically, what have you, but we can't tell you, oh, well, owl means
3: this. Because right. Because there are a hundred answers on what owl means. It is what you – it is also in context of what happens. Right. You know, there are certain things about owls or that, this is an example, mm-hmm. um, that may mean – it is looking into the dark. It is looking into the um, the depth of um, what it is inside, which is scary. Yeah, you know, if you're walk, you're looking at dark things and dark, you know, into the dark side of, you know, what's not available to be seen. It's right. scary. It's like opening a door into some place that has no light. Yeah, you know, you kind of. So there are things to in context to what you're seeing. Right. So, right. It's like any, you
4: know, we're. Part of working with animal allies is personal, spiritual work, mm-hmm. personal, spiritual connection, uh, personal development, mm-hmm. and some of it is divinatory. Right. Right? If Why did I see five bluebirds all on that one side of the fence all at 10.01 in the morning? Right. You know, why? why? What is the message? Thing? Right. That's a divinatory thing. Mm-hmm. And just like the tarot, or runes, or any other system of divination, you have to look at the context and the question and what's happening and what's going on around mm-hmm. it and all of these things, so uh-huh. there's lots of layers as well to working with animals, it's not just my spirit animal, the black panther, like there's, yeah. there's other stuff we're going to talk about right. that are connected to working with animals than just... I'm really cool because I have a
3: mountain lion as my spirit animal, you know, and and I don't mean to sound No, but it's because people, it's it's really interesting because they don't have to be physically real. They can be mythical. Right. That's another one of those that we'll pull into and talk about. So on that point of reference, let's sort of jump in and talk about animal allies. Yeah. Well, I think we have to go back to the beginning. Okay, right. And go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning to
4: humans in early existence and how we then were animals. Well, we still are. I mean, that hasn't changed. But we, <laughs> we interacted with the landscape and with mm-hmm. other creatures and plants and whatnot as animals. Right. More connected and more aware. And our ancient ancestors did magic, Specifically around hunting mm-hmm. and having successful hunts, mm-hmm. where not only did we kill the creature we needed to kill to feed our village, but none of us got killed. Exactly right. So, working with animals magically mm-hmm. is an old, 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 old system of magic because those those, for lack of a better word, shamans and air quotes, those magicians, those tribal leaders. Mm-hmm would go into trance journey, they would shapeshift, they would become not only the predator but the prey, and they right. would tell the hunters, okay, you need to go here to do this thing. Right. You need or they would call the, the herds towards where the mm-hmm. hunters were. Mm-hmm. So there's always been a magical system connected to how humans and animals interact. Exactly. And, and hunting was a practice done with reverence and understanding that that, animal expired and gave its life so that we could continue and Mm -hmm. that we were taking its spirit, not Mm -hmm. just eating its flesh, but taking Mm -hmm. on its spirit when we ate its flesh and what a gift and exchange that was. Right. So working with animals, because of cultural appropriation and because of the culture um, of our modern world, and how you know young white girls are wearing headdresses to Coachella and doing all of these mm-hmm. really ridiculous things that are kind of rude and, mm-hmm. and super appropriative without even acknowledging it, it's like we've lost that, we've lost the connection, that depth, that intensity, that mm-hmm. connection, and so it can feel fluff. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, animal, oh, it's fluffy. But it's not. We think about
3: our ancient origins and mm-hmm. how deep this magic goes. Mm-hmm. And we make it very, uh, in everyday situations, people that have, quote, pets, unquote, mm-hmm. it becomes part of that process. Yeah. It's just brought down, brought into a more domesticated way. Right and yet it's very primal and very ancient yeah. and very um, old in that yeah. sense. Yeah, our relationship with dogs is a very old relationship. Mm-hmm.
4: Our relationship with cats is a very old relationship. Dogs have been domesticated for thousands of years and working in tandem and in relationship mm-hmm. with human beings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's something there that goes just beyond the the dog that we fill their Food kibble every night and make sure they've got water. There's, right. There's a deeper thing happening. Exactly. Yeah. And
3: because of that, when you look at, I was I was telling Phoenix about the Strega tradition. They have um, animal familiars. Now, obviously, the word familiar has a real charge to it these days because of what happened in the times, the burning times and the times when this was, you know, made a criteria on how to uh, determine Mm -hmm. who was a witch, who was a person to not be trusted and to be, you know, taken out. Um, But as far as the actual concept, I mean, they're called Magistelli, which is basically Little Master, which, you know, in a way small magical servants, and they used to have, you know, three types. They, would, they talked about three types, and one would be, a, you know, we'll call it a coven mascot because, yeah. of course, if you say coven totem, we're back to the question right. of right. cultural appropriation. And the Stregas but, wouldn't have used the word totem. And they wouldn't have used totem. Right. So we're talking about a, a clan mm-hmm. animal that was part of what that tribe represented. And right. each individual would hold that as part of their overall process, the bigger process. And then you would have the one animal that was closest to you sometimes. It didn't have to be a dog. It could be a mouse. It could be um, some bird or, you know, some toad or something. And that was more of, for personal emotional support, like a, an intimacy. hmm And then you had the Magical Servant. Now, that one kind of got, I think, where it was the one got to be picked on. It was an elemental. It was an energy that could be an animal. Yeah. Or it could be an element, just Mm -hmm. the actual element. And that was where we got the demons or the imps. Mm -hmm. You know, that became the dynamic because of where it was. So, Um, And they were for protection. They were for working with, you know, the magical guardians that would take care of you as a bigger perspective. But, um, and and then they kind of went into uh, the next level, which would be the nature spirits. Mm -hmm. And then from that, it was, those were the the Lhasa. They were very ancient and they would be honored, but they were also part of the the category of ancestors, so they kind of Mm -hmm. brought that into that, so you kind of, and the ancestors could take forms of animals. Right. That would then, you know, be part of their intimacy with the family, and then they kind of went a little farther and went into the Lare, which became more humanoid and a little different, but... Um, it was interesting because I was looking at this, and, of course, part of my background is the Sicilian and, mm-hmm. of course, the Strega tradition. And I went, there's, there, I could see, for me, how in my world, and my life, how that is translated. Right. And uh, why the affinity. Mm. Because, you know, some people say, well, I don't have any real attachment to animals. Sure. You know, or, unfortunately, they're very uh, allergic. Right. And uh, there are all kinds of things we can go. We could have gone into in terms of that side of how or why or what mm-hmm. that would mean, but um, I can see where my world is in right. terms of that. So that's Strega. Where is, from your side, you know, pagan, mm-hmm. yeah. Nordic? How to yeah, well, I feel like I
4: hold it much more eclectic, but if you look at any of the, you know, if you go back far enough into any culture... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of evidence of specific tribes or villages uh-huh. or, you know, this region here. And, and I feel like tribe is the right word. So there is some sensitivity around the use of the word tribe, but uh, tribe is older than the Americas, right? Yeah. Tribe is a word that was – tribal communities existed all over the world. So I just want to be clear about that. Uh lots of tribes associated with a specific animal. Uh-huh. And it was often like that that was the animal that lived in that region. You know, like exactly. the bear clan. Uh-huh. There there was bear anciently in, in Great Britain there were a specific region where bears were uh-huh. they don't live there anymore. But there was a bear clan uh-huh. and that was mostly Scotland. But, you know, raven clans and seal clans and these different uh-huh. tribes, villages, communities that identified with a specific animal and had a mythology around that mm-hmm. animal and stories around that animal mm-hmm. and worked with that animal both as a food source and an information source mm-hmm. and a magical source. Mm-hmm. And that you find all over the globe. Right. All over the globe. Because if you, you, know, if you live in proximity, like us here, we have uh, vultures. Oh, yeah, it's lots of them. <laughs> they're everywhere. They're pretty common. And they're uh, when you see one, you're not like, oh, my God, it's a vulture. You're like, oh, there's a vulture, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's likely that anciently we would have had an interesting relationship with these vultures. They come and they clean up and they right. deal with the dead stuff. And,
3: you know, there's a whole story around the mm-hmm. work that they do for the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, I mean, even in – ancient Egypt mm-hmm. and the ancient civilizations the concept of a spirit that was of a nature-based yeah. animal being mostly what we're talking about obviously now and they were they were guardians they were tutors they 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 yeah. gave they talked to the people and didn't necessarily mean they talked in their language but there was a communication mm-hmm. and what we do now is we are talking in our concepts of how these animals teach us right and um you know when they started to shift the disconnect came when animals were considered by the christians soulless mm-hmm. right just here for for us for us for whatever purposes but yeah. certainly had no wisdom had no knowledge and that was just the way it was and because of that the way they treated the animals and the various kingdoms that are part of that process was with, you know, what we would call disrespect. Right. And then that kind of went to the further point of reference that if you as a human, male or female, were kind and gentle to these animals and had this, this connection, then you weren't to be trusted. Mm-hmm. Right. See, so that process came around in a lot of the cultures and countries and uh, peoples
4: Right, well it shows the transition between us remembering mm-hmm. And honoring the fact that we are also part of the planet We are just animals mm-hmm. And the disconnect in thinking that everything on this planet is just here for us to use We're just in a giant waiting room before we go to heaven so, you know, read the magazines and drink the coffee because uh-huh. it's just all here for us. Right. And once we go to eternity, you know, it doesn't matter what happens here on this planet. Right. It's just the waiting room for right. eternity. Right. right. So that disconnect, that disconnect is why we have animal cruelty. That disconnect is why we have war. That disconnect is why we have strip mining. like Right. <laughs> the abuses that are out there. Right. This is just the waiting room. Yeah. But
3: we're going to go to eternity and everything's going to be fine. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a big gap there between reality yeah. and, you know, what people have chosen to to um, right justify their yeah. actions. Oh, and, you know, it, being able to justify our actions and our bad behaviors, that's, humans love that. I know. It's kind of like, well, think of it as, and this is, again, where we kind of step aside from animals and, and we, we talk about human consciousness is that it's kind of like they're back being kids yeah it wasn't me it was him <laughs> right well that lamp just fell down i didn't do anything right. Right. so you know if you're sitting there taking advantage of all of the different resources on this planet be it animal human or mm-hmm. element mm-hmm. and then just going oh well i mean i didn't uh, it wasn't me right i'm sorry it you live in a unity. You live in a connection, a right. connected world, and um, right. Well, and we say what is remembered lives, right? Like I talk
4: about this all the time because of the work I do with teaching about mm-hmm. gods and goddesses. What is remembered lives, and there is a specific system of Native American belief that you have to make your plans thinking seven generations into the future. Mm-hmm. And if you want to live on, if you want to be remembered, if you mm-hmm. want to be immortal. Mm-hmm. You have to think seven generations into the future, and right. that includes taking care of your your descendants, whether they are blood, spirit, or otherwise, mm-hmm. but also taking care of the planet and the animals and all of the things that we are connected to,
3: because we are connected. Exactly. There is no denying that. Mm-hmm. And we, and you know, something as simple as realizing that. For all of the things we do on this planet, and specifically we'll talk about the animals since that's what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. is taking into consideration being good stewards for whatever that may be, whether it's the livestock that you are tending that will then be utilized as food or create milk that is for food. or I mean, we've talked about the different... Um, Sabbath and how certain things were done to help the production of this, well, it was because people thought in terms of that connectedness right, right. And, and I understanding we rely on that relationship, yes, for our lives, yes yeah, and just because you know it's amazing the internet has both really good things and and not good things, yeah. and the thing that makes The thing that I look at, it makes me tear up, and yet that also tells me I still have humanity in me, Mm -hmm. Uh, is when you see the ones about the dog or the cat that had this happen, and yet there was this great person that runs to the middle of the road and grabs it and saves it, and then they become super long. You know, it's, and there's stories that go around. I mean, it's like Mm -hmm. I've seen some of them that are like, you know, six or seven or ten or fifteen times I've seen the same story, but the point being is, is that... Those things make it real yeah. that we are connected, right. and then unfortunately, the atrocities yeah. There's the other side. Yeah. is the other side. the other side, and um, yeah. it's global, so it's not just us here in no. Santa Rosa and Sonoma County. No, and it's it's even in factory farming.
4: You know, yeah. I am not a vegetarian. I'm not vegan. I use I eat and consume animal products. Uh, and I try my hardest to know where my products are coming from. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect, and I don't always do a great job with that, but that is my intention, and mm-hmm. I do try my hardest to do that. But the way that we even treat our food sources, yeah. is, is we're completely disconnected. Yeah. And, and honoring our animal allies, you know, we want to all have the black panther as our oh, animal. Of course. And we all want to have the lion and, the you know, these very... Uh, Majestic mm-hmm. But there are cow animal allies And there are chicken animal allies mm-hmm. and, and there is someone out there Whose spirit animal In air quotes Is the chicken mm-hmm. That's awesome Because those animals are
3: Literally just as majestic As mm-hmm. the lion It's funny that you would say chicken um, My newest bedtime story movie yeah. Is the um, Disney movie Moana right. And in this which is of uh, Polynesian culture, the animal ally to the female (laughs) um, heroine is a chicken. Nice. And I love it. It's great because the chicken is kind of like this, you know, wonky thing. And I mean, it's just a chicken. It's doing its chicken thing. It doesn't talk to anybody or anything. But it is funny because of just the the way it interacts. Yes. Yeah. And the dynamics. So it doesn't have to have all of those incredibly great things that right. we associate with the bigger ones. Right. The the big cats are always and wolves. They're always oh, yeah. popular. Oh yeah.
2: yeah. No one
3: wants the the predator. Right. No one wants to be the prey. Right. And it's interesting because um when we come back from our, our uh, yeah. break we will talk a little bit about Predator-prey. Get a little bit of an idea, just a a smidgen of the different ones, like you know, insects and reptiles, and you know, whatever. And also how to find one or how to go about it. Well, then let's take a break, and then we can talk about that fun stuff. Okay, sounds good. All right, we'll be back.
4: You're listening.
1: To the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages.
0: Is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hooter Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4:30, Candela's Corner with Candela Canisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A, Mondays 5 to 7, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John Saint Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays, 6 to 7, On Sacred Ground with Pierre Mond and Paige the You, Wednesdays 3 to 4:30, Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jai Dania. Wednesdays, 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays, 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay. Fridays, 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays, 5 to 7. All times specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
3: I guess we're back. Yay! <laughs> I was hanging with my animal. Okay, so um, All right. let's pick up where we left off. So I think we could probably look at one of the things I was I was looking at is um, we will plug Ted Andrews. Yeah, I think I will let uh, Phoenix talk about his a little bit of his history, but the he has two at least two books that I have had religiously used consistently um, because of not just magical but realistic world behavior. Well, Ted Andrews has written several books about
4: spirituality, about seeing auras, about the Kabbalah, uh, and then in the 90s wrote books about working with animals. And it does have a pretty strong Native American slant, Mm -hmm. uh, and the artwork is uh, is very Native American-esque. However, Ted Andrews is not Native American and was not trained by Native American uh-huh. folks. Uh-huh. But the systems that he talks about um, are are pretty universal. Right. And he died in 2009, um, but he spent most of the end of his life and the, and the decades before his, his passing uh-huh. uh, working in animal sanctuaries, volunteering for the Audubon Society. He actually opened an animal sanctuary and a... Oh, a rehabilitation center Mm -hmm. for animals with his partner, with his wife. Uh, And so he not only – what I feel like is there's a level of integrity here. There's one thing to write about these concepts of spiritual stuff and, oh, I'm so spiritual and I'm connected to animals. It's a whole other thing to volunteer for the Audubon Society to open a rehabilitation center and spend Mm -hmm. your hours and days working with animals. Mm -hmm. When you anyone who has worked done volunteer work with animals, you your relationship with the animal world really does change. Mm-hmm. Anyone who has a, a a pet, a beloved pet that you just adore and you have a, a deeper understanding of that creature as a an entity as a mm-hmm. being, right? It changes your relationship with the animal world. So, right. you know, there's a lot of there. There can be some controversy around Ted Andrews because there is some of a, a lot of Native American writing uh, that he did, for not being Native American. But his book, "Is an um, Animal Speak," is, is a resource that I've used since the book came out in the '90s. Yes, it is an amazing resource. There are ju- trans journeys that he has outlined in the book. There are exercises he has outlined in the book about how to connect to the animal that you feel a connection to. Mm-hmm. How do you deepen your relationship? How do you find your animal ally? Mm-hmm. How do you uh, do that type of work in the world? And then the whole second half of the book is a reference encyclopedia. It's yep. just... Animal after animal after animal after animal, including birds and insects and reptiles and mammals and and, and fish. (laughs) It's amazing, but it gives you information on that animal, both Uh scientific information Uh and spiritual information. Uh So, Uh you know, if all of a sudden, like what happened to me a couple weeks ago, and there's a logical explanation for this, but there's also a spiritual explanation for this. Uh I went to grab my boots to leave, and when I picked up my boots I heard a sunk on the floor, like heavy. Mm -hmm. And I looked down and there was a big fat lizard on my kitchen floor whose tail was missing. My cat, obviously, she's an excellent lizard hunter. My cat had gotten a hold of him and brought him in the house. Um, And I was like, oh, that's a big lizard because he was big. Yeah. (laughs) It's not my first lizard in the house, but he was a big one. Uh, And I went to get him to, you know, take him outside and make sure he was okay. And he turned up and looked at me and opened his mouth like he was, you know, hissing. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear a hiss, but that's what I imagined. And I got a little intimidated. Yeah. And I ended up using a pot from the kitchen to scoop him up (laughs) instead of grabbing him with my hands because I was afraid he was going to bite me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But there was a lesson there for me. Mm -hmm. A lizard is an animal that I've worked with many times over Mm -hmm. the years, and when they show up, it's a message for me to pay attention. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. my first thing is I go grab my animal speak book by Ted Andrews, Mm -hmm. and I flip to lizard, and I reacquaint myself with some of the energy around lizard and lizard magic, lizard medicine, however you want to phrase that. But, you know, of course there's a logical explanation. My cat caught a lizard and brought it into the house. But why was it in my boot? Right. Why did it fall out when I picked my boot up? Right. Uh, You know, it It was more personal. Right. So these are some of the things to look for in your own life. What kind of random animal occurrence Mm -hmm. happened? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just, I saw the vulture for the 10th time today. Right. Although that could be it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what kind of random occurrence, what kind of animal showed up that you've never seen in your environment before? Mm -hmm. What kind of animal all of a sudden that you're dreaming about every night? Right. looking for these interesting and different patterns Mm -hmm. can give you information. And that might not be your specific ally. That Mm -hmm. might not be, you know, like we talk about with the gods. Mm -hmm. There are gods that are yours, that Mm -hmm. are your intimate beloveds. And then there are gods that you know really well, and sometimes they Mm -hmm. show up to give you a message, Mm -hmm. but then they go on their merry way. Exactly. Lizard isn't necessarily one of my beloveds but he often shows up when I need to remember something,
3: uh-huh. pay attention to something. Uh-huh. So we have lots of levels of messages. Right. right, right. And and that usually comes in, there are, you know, as we're talking, there are levels. They're the ones that are, are, are personal, very intimate ones right. that we either show up, I mean, for the longest time, you know, there would be, you know, a certain number of things that you would have, like you like to collect horses or you're drawn to uh, the clown loach, you know, fish or uh, something, there's that innate growth because by then you're getting messages of that. And that's usually, and it can, again, when I say this, mythical are part of it. Right. I mean, Phoenixes, Phoenixes uh-huh. unicorns, yeah. um, griffins, yeah. wyverns, you know, all these incredible animals, they have meaning, yeah. and they speak, and those are usually the ones that, you know, kind of are there hovering, And but you'll have them, and then you get to know them, and then they're the ones, as Phoenix said, that show up for a specific purpose, right. um, be that as hi, I need you to know something about what's going on in your life, or this is an acknowledgement. when my mother died and she was cremated. She wanted to have her ashes distributed on a part of a large piece of land that my family owned, Mm -hmm. but we no longer owned it here in Sonoma County. So with a very dear family friend, I took her ashes and I walked on this property, of course, technically it wasn't ours, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, she said she wanted to be where the house that they always wanted to build was, so i you know I was nine and ten and eleven, and you know as a kid, you're not exactly remembering the directions you're going, but I figured we'd go there, so I took this this backpack full of you know my mom's ashes and some whatever else, and you know i we trucked off. And I got lost a little bit, and then finally I just go, no, we have to go right. And then I finally look up, and I go, I just basically go, Mom, you've got to show me where this is. Mm. And sure enough, she did, because I'm walking along, and there's this. It, you're coming to an area where the, the road is going to show a vista. Yeah. And there's a huge redwood tree, yeah. and it's perfectly um, beautiful and sunny out, and I hear all this rain dropping under the tree. So I go okay, it's the tree, we're doing this. And so I did the ceremony, and I distributed the ashes, and as soon as I finished and I, I, I came back out, these two vultures did this, like, spiral circle up, mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen them before. Yeah. So I knew by virtue of what vultures represent that yeah. this was the release of the spirit energies. So
2: beautiful.
3: And so that was a momentary process of, hello, these totems are, you know, these, these animals, I apologize for totems, these animals are showing me yeah. that this was the completed point of reference. I had completed my mission, yeah. and it was, you know, on, on to the next level of whatever I was going to do, which was get off the property so I didn't get <laughs> shot. No trust. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Um, but those are things that are personal yeah. and immediate. Right. And then there are the animals that we are drawn to, that draw to us, and sometimes, you know, they're not exactly the ones you'd want, but they're the ones that are there. I have a very dear family friend who's um, the tree frog. Yeah. Now, of all the things in all the worlds that she would have wanted, that's not exactly the one she'd have chosen. Well, I'll tell you what. One of mine that I would not have chosen
4: is the mouse. And I have lots of feelings about mouse. And I have, uh, I I have a, I I probably won't go into all of this. I have lots of very sensitive feelings about mouse. Uh On lots of different levels, emotional, physical, spiritual, you name it, I have feelings. And the uh, the mouse has shown up as one of my totems in a few, I use the word totem, in a few different ways, it's right. shown up as an, one of my animal allies, and it's a very long and convoluted story, but I never would have picked mouse, and sometimes I actually resent that mouse as one of mine. <laughs> yes. I resent it. However, it shows up, uh, it's clear when, when it shows up what I need to work on, it's it's a clear messenger, and I carry that. You know, I'm, I keep using the word medicine, and that's a native concept, so I, w- I want to be cautious about it. Mm-hmm. But this idea that each animal has a specific medicine, it has a specific magic. Mm-hmm. So, in this context, medicine and magic are kind of simple, Exactly. right? Good. And so, each animal. Contains a specific magic, and if you're working intimately with that animal, if you're developing a deeper relationship, you carry some of that magic. Exactly, right. And there is the the light and the dark of every animal. Mm-hmm. There are the the pros and the cons of every animal. There's mm-hmm. there's beautiful things and challenging things right. about every animal. So yeah, there is a a hawk mm-hmm. that I am connected to, much more majestic, Mm -hmm. right? But there's also the mouse. And let's think about this one step further. Earlier, Elvira mentioned the predator-prey relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, two of mine are in a predator and prey relationship. Right. So if you do end up with a beautiful, majestic beast, what does that beast eat? Mm -hmm. And if you end up with a very humble mouse, what eats that mouse? Mm -hmm. Because that entire cycle impacts you. Right. The entire
3: cycle impacts you. Uh-huh. And believe me, there is much that is said. I mean, you've got, um, and I know there is, um, med- Anna, analyst it the medicine cards? Yes. Yeah. Okay. There are, actually, I have two different decks that are based on um, Celtic. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Animals. Yep. So it's the animals that were part of the Celtic Isles. Right. The tribes. The tribes, and what was there, and then the the myth that goes around it. Yep. And that's the other thing. We have Aesop's fables. Yep. Okay. That have animals that talk. We have the Chronicles of Narnia, where we have a whole area where animals talk. And a long part of the ancient concepts is that the animal kingdom was one of talking. They would talk. They had language, not just their language between them, but the communication between humans where you could gain that interaction. So if your animal talks to you as a human verbal language, it is considered part of that dynamic of a farther back concept or a kingdom beyond. Right. And um, I'm not saying that if your animal doesn't, that makes it worse. It just sometimes, um, as mine, will literally uh, talk to me, you know, and say things. I will, you know, have conversations or will have a conversation. Um, You know, interesting enough is that squirrel Mm -hmm. is one of mine, which I find hysterical because it is sort of one of those where, you know, especially after what the the, the uh, movie Up, where the dog is going squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> um, the concept of that, I do. When that comes is when I'm I'm in that frenzy of activity, and I watch them. Especially at Lucky Mojo, they have some very cute, fluffy ones that love to live in the trees, and you know we can see them. But then again, I have another one that's a fox. Yeah, a hunter. Right. So, you know, we we have the things and that's also to remember that we are both prey and we are both predator. Right. Right. And understanding the cycle of that, no matter what
4: your animal is, no matter what animal you're starting to develop a relationship mm-hmm. with, have a relationship mm-hmm. with, it is part of that cycle. Mm-hmm. It is either a predator, prey, a prey animal or both, mm-hmm. right? So understanding that cycle is going to give you more insight into that being. Right. You know, understanding uh, who eats it and why and how uh-huh. is going to give you insight uh-huh. into that being. Uh-huh. One of the most powerful things that I've experienced in, with some of my animal allies, not the mouse or the hawk, is eating that animal. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Which
4: is not okay for some folks, and I totally get right. that. Right, But if you, you know... It, taking that animal in, having a spiritual relationship with it, taking that animal mm-hmm. in, it's very interesting. It mm-hmm. shifts the perspective of working with that animal. Exactly. You know, so but it's it's not just the lion. Mm-hmm. There's a whole world of the mm-hmm. lion. And, and you know, we're talking about the predator-prey balance, but also you want to look at where, and Ted Andrews talks about all these concepts mm-hmm. in his book, Animal Seek, mm-hmm. but um, where does that animal live? What is its lifestyle like? Uh What is its strong physical attribute? Does it have excellent eyesight? Does it have excellent hearing? Uh These are things that will also give you information. Often, especially when you look at more of that Native American system, if you hold a specific animal's medicine, it's believed you also hold that animal's attributes. Uh So if you have a hawk as your magical ally, if you work with hawk medicine or hawk magic, it's believed you can see things from very high. Uh-huh. You're able to have a different vantage point uh-huh. and that you should work on that uh-huh. and develop that because it's going to be your natural inclination right. because of that animal relationship, right. Right. right? So understanding more than just, I love elephants, uh-huh. but what else goes into uh-huh. an elephant's life? Right. And how do you see parallels to your own life? Uh-huh. Is it like an elephant? Is it you f- remember everything, you mm-hmm. have a steel trap of a brain and mm-hmm. you remember everything, or is it the opposite of that, that you have a really hard time remembering things and you need to work with your elephant ally mm-hmm. to help you develop a stronger mm-hmm. memory, right? right? it goes both
3: ways. Right. Yeah. So we have, you know, with that, we have many variations on how to go about learning about your ally yeah. and about finding what it is about it. It's fascinating. A lot of times, okay. um, people are ha- have something come to them several times and they ignore it, mm-hmm. and uh, because it's what we've talked about, it's not what they wanted. Right, and. Uh, that usually goes with, you know, all of us. You know, I've had that happen. The last thing in the world I wanted was, and she talked about mouse. It's very funny that you would say that. Um, at one point, it wasn't a, a total consistent one, but it was one that came in at the time. It was literally I was moving out of a house, and I had um, a parrot, and the parrot um To live in my room because I also had cats, so the cats, of course, wanted the parrot, and that wasn't going to work. And it wasn't a big parrot, so it wasn't one that would definitely intimidate them. And unfortunately, I also wound up with a mouse Mm -hmm. that loves the food that the parrot, of course, left (laughs) lying around after a chomp on and with everything. I didn't know that, and I didn't know how symbiotic they were because I moved the cage with the parrot into the bathroom. Because I was trying to move everything out, and we were doing that. And as I did that, I had on a pair of sweats, and this mouse literally ran up my leg, <laughs> underneath my, my top, and on my skin. There was nothing more creepy, (laughs) and having a little mouse seat running up. Right, especially when it's not a pet. When it's not a pet. (laughs) And, of course, I immediately stripped off, and, of course, that made the people that were helping me move, one of them was a man that was a friend of ours, and he was having a great time. Yeah. Then my daughter came in with another friend and her mother, and they started laughing, and I was anything but humored by all of this. So it was one that went down in the family history, but because of it, It was about the mouse energy. So after the trauma, I started looking it up because that was what needed to come at the time, and it was incredibly appropriate, even though it had to show up in that way. Yeah, you know.
4: Yeah, and I'll tell you what I've never, especially with the with using the the animal speak book as a resource, Mm -hmm. because it has been one of my go-tos for. Well, twenty years,
2: decades.
3: I'm like, that. we can go decades now. <laughs> uh,
4: I I don't think I've ever. I've I've had a lot of random animal encounters mm-hmm. out in nature, out mm-hmm. on a hike, and in my own backyard, mm-hmm. my own home. I've never gone to the book and read about that animal and gone, huh? That doesn't make any sense. It's always like, oh, hot damn. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it's it paying attention, again, it's just like any other thing we talk about on this show, uh-huh. paying attention to what you see, paying attention to your surroundings, uh-huh. paying attention to your dreams and uh-huh. the animals that show up, and also looking at the animals you're drawn to, uh-huh. If you've always loved lions. If you've always had an affinity for lions, well, then start learning about uh-huh. lions and uh, find out more about them. And why is it that they show up for you? Uh-huh. If there's an animal you're definitely afraid of, uh-huh. what does that information hold for you? Uh-huh. And just like with a god or a human or any other relationship, if you find yourself wanting to connect with an animal ally, then you need to do the work, right? Create, uh-huh. a, create a sacred space for that right. animal. And if you have a literal animal, a parrot, a dog, mm-hmm. cat, that's one thing. But it doesn't have to be a literal it's animal, true. right? You can it's create true. an altar for an elephant. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. impractical to have an elephant.
3: In your I think so, right. and, and they are kind of hard to to maintain and make
4: endangered. it endangered. Yeah, not a great idea. Yeah, but you can create yes. a beautiful altar for an elephant. You can mm-hmm. sit and meditate in that space. You can open yourself up mm-hmm. to elephant magic and mm-hmm. elephant medicine and mm-hmm. learn. Why that animal connects so deeply to you, and it's it's just like working with a deity. It's Mm -hmm. very intimate. It's very powerful. Mm -hmm. You're going to get lessons and information differently because animals communicate differently.
3: Right, and it can be extremely rewarding. Mm -hmm. And you know, they lead us into different levels, and they may be there for a short period of time, yeah, they may be there for a long period of time, they're ones that will be there all your life, right. and um, it's really very interesting, and for me, the ones that I have the hard time with is the ones that usually are the, the most rewarding mm-hmm. of the informations in my life experience. Right. Um, obviously, I'm not a great arachnid person, but I've learned a certain amount of um, when you have people freaking out around you and there are spiders and you're trying not to kill them because this is part of your spiritual belief, you yeah. know. I mean, if this is what I'm going to do, and, and getting little cups and trying to get them out. And, you know, um, the one I had the most intriguing thing was a was a praying mantis. Mm. And that just happened to be at one of my work things, and they had put it – the people had found it. They were trying to scare one of the warehouse guys. And, and I just looked at them and um, – one of my coworkers who is now used to me running around with cups and things and moving, you know, animals – creatures out of our place. Right. Um I went out with, you know, the necessary tools, my handy dandy cuff and whatever and and took this little poor thing and yeah. put it on a tree and it was I was fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never really had an up-close experience with, you know, praying mantis, obviously spiders, we have them all over the place and and ants and things like that. But um and you have to make deals. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're going to be in here you need to stay up there or if you're going to be in my life, please don't be where my food is at. Right. You know, you have to learn to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, ant is another creature that I've worked with and it's a delicate balance because they tend to take over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, well, but
4: on that note, yes at our time. We
3: are. I'm looking at this going, My God. So oh, much more we could say. Yeah, I know. There's just so much more. But also also your pets. Yeah. Your pets are, are part of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just talking about our dogs when we came in and watch their behavior right. because they will be very much um, part of your re- – part of a reflection. Yeah. Sometimes – they are a reflection for you to back off and you know shut down or back off and not do something. Sometimes it's pay attention to what's going on, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they're very interesting because they're 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 very much a part of you. It's like your children, yeah. um, but mostly they they use nonverbal language right. most of the time, <laughs> and they bark a lot <laughs> or they meow a lot. But anyway, with that just. Be part of the the kingdom. Yeah, pay attention. Pay attention. Have fun. Have fun. Next week we'll be doing spirit slash ether, the fifth element. Fifth element. You know, we could do Bruce Willis, though, you know. Yeah, I'll talk with uh,
4: Mila. Neela, whatever the heck his name is, his accent through the whole show. Yeah, we'll we'll try that. Yeah, it'll be
3: terrible. I know. Uh, (laughs) With that, have a wonderful week. We will be doing the Hoodoo Heritage Festival uh, this weekend. Come and see us here if you're locally um, in the area. I know that it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of stuff, hoodies. Yeah. Phoenix will be wrangling everybody. (laughs) Taking my whip. Taking her whip. Okay. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Be magical. Be magical. Bye.